Hey, what's up? What's good? Welcome to Stereotypes of Blacks, Males, Misunderstood. I'm G, a.k.a. Brother George. I am Stan the Man, a.k.a. Alex the Great, a.k.a. <laughs> Fire. I'm feeling myself today. Uh, I be the mad professor, people. Word up. We are here demystifying stereotypes and promoting understanding one conversation at a time. Word up. What's good with you, beloved? I'm here, bro. I'm here. I hear you, man. Because you know. I hear like five dog, you're having problems. <sighs> Having Bro, problems, you know how it is. Life, <laughs> life has a way of rearing their rind, their hind leg on you and just letting it go. And you take for cover, right? And you know, let it fall where it may. But I'm Word good, out. man. You know, it's one of those things. Um, you said it to me once. If somebody else had my hand, right, they'd win. Word so out. can't complain about it. You feel me? For real. So. For real. You're right, man. We gotta persevere, persist, move on, black man, move on. All right, so. My daughter shared a video with me, man, called Hair Love. Ooh. And I, I shared it with you, bro. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, it was tough. That, that video was was, in was interesting. And it was personal to me. I had a flashback moment with that video. Because um, uh, to speak on it, it was uh, a brother who was, uh, there's a whole bunch of things. It's a, can, a black can, father. Can I, can I give you, can I, yeah. let me do some background before you, because I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves with just making sure we're clear. It's Matthew H. Airy. He's the, the guy who uh, directed it. It's actually up for an Oscar mm. um, for 2019. This dude is a former NFL player turned uh, filmmaker. You know, he did work in, in uh, the industry. He did uh, directed music videos mm -hmm. and, and the like, and now he makes this film. And uh, he did it, it actually started from Kickstarter. Mm. All right, and like, so like Dela, <laughs> word up like Dela, like the what the anonymous nobody up yeah go. for real, and so uh, so I just wanted to give that background, um, and from there you know we looked at the video and I just wanted to know man what what do you think bro? Well, like I was saying, it, it was a flashback for me because I had a mo there's a moment in the video where I think it's the, his first time doing his daughter's hair right naturally right right right. And it took me back to when the very first time I was alone with Jennifer. Right. And uh, Jamila had went to work or whatever, and we were right. had somewhere to go. Right. And I and she had messed up her hair. Right. And I'm sitting there going, oh, hell. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? And I remember the... the uh, <laughs> the fear I had, actually. I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Because, you know... <laughs> You don't want your daughter going out the house looking crazy. Right, right. So it's now up to me to actually do this thing. And I remember, just like in the video, the, the brother that starts it is very frustrating. Yo, my right. props to women that for what they do with their hair. For real. Me, I take my hat off, I brush it a couple of times, get right. the, you know, and I'm out the door. Right. So all the stuff that goes with that, I just watching it just took me back to when I was sitting there tackling, trying to figure out how to get a part straight. Right, right. You know, just just that pro just that yeah, that's process the beginning. Alone. Yes, the just beginning that of the process, process alone. Word. Um, knowing how to put in that moisturizer and the, the pink grew the pink lotion and then brushing it and combing it out. Right. Oh, that pink lotion, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. I forgot about that pink lotion, man. <laughs> so oh, that okay. video, that video took me back, and I was just I no. sat there and I understood where he was in that video. I right. felt. Right. Exactly what he was going through right there, right. you know. Right. And and it was funny because I watched the little girl and she's just like, and Jennifer was the same way with me. She was looking at me in the mirror like, okay, Dad, just do something so we could go because right. something has to be good. Right. I had to I learned how to braid the whole nine from, right from that. 
you know, after that one is, I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I got to, right. I got to be able to find at least put it in a ponytail where the ponytail is centered properly on the head right. versus off to the side. Right, right, or too right. Too far in the right. back. The whole t- tilt on the ponytail to the side ain't really that may work with a hat baseball exactly. cap. Exactly. Okay, I feel you. You know, so um, <laughs> but I, it was just it was just the image of a black father. Word. There, first of all. Exactly, man. You know, and willing to. Do what we do, you know, and it's not like we giving props because there's a right. tons of brothers out there. Like this Chris what, Rock said, this, this is what you're supposed to do. What you want a cookie? Yeah, but know. still, exactly for real. You know, it, it's not portrayed <laughs> that often that way. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. to see that and to hear now that he's it's actually up for, you know, awards is I I, I, I tilt my hat tip my hat to that man because uh, I felt that I really did. Right. Right. You know, and, and I'm glad hearing that you felt it. Right. That in itself is is just that's what it was all about. His aim in this film, I'm, so I'm not reading the, the uh, verbatim what it says, so I'll just summarize it. His aim was to demonstrate what th- the fact that black fathers are present right. in our children's lives. You know, and then the re- there's a very real challenge right. of black hair. <laughs> you know what I'm question. saying? Even in corporate America, sometimes people don't even know or understand right. the realities of black hair. Look, a, a family member once told me, you know, when we first got married and things were a little, you know, a little tight, right. you know, um, and my wife's talking about, you know, she's got to get her hair done. I'm like, yo, we got to pay the bill. Da, da, da. Right. He said, son, put no. it in the budget. <laughs> I ain't going front. I don't. When people say they got the, when women say they got to get their hair done. Right. And I just back away from the table. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to, because right. I see it ain't like me and you could go to the barbershop. Right. You know, right. we sit there, talk a little mess. Right. You know, get our hair cut, buzzed up, and we out. Exactly. That exactly. stuff that they have to go through, and even and people on people think that just having natural hair, you just oh, it's just natural. I don't do anything right, to it. Right. That takes work too. It's Brother, a different type of preparation. I know, you know? My, my my beautiful queen at home. Right. She finally did it. Right. You know, about maybe a couple of years ago at this point, and she actually did it a while ago. But nonetheless, right. yeah, brother, it's still I, Product I see, City. I see it. But nonetheless, <laughs> it's all natural products now, though. It's for real, completely different. for real. Right. Which is also cool, though, right? Even right. For, from a, 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 a black commerce standpoint. Right. But nonetheless. What I saw, man, uh, as a dad is it brought back a lot of memories, man, because for me, I grew up with all nieces. Right. Right. Um, And when my wife and I got married, you know, we have, you know, our two daughters before my my little guy who's taller than all of us came along. And I can recall, you know, my wife was the one who was out working a lot and Mm -hmm. the flexibility that I had with my job uh, at the time, I was the one taking the girls to and from. Right. And I was the girls taking the I, I was the one taking the girls to Sears to get the pictures and and, and and so forth and so on. And there's actually even evidence of the hair that I had done, because yeah, the parts weren't always so straight, right. and the ponytails were a little lopsided. Right. But my girls were happy. Right. They were good. And that's why that pink lotion thing. I'm like, yo, man, I remember that <laughs> conditioner. But in any case, it reminded me of just those times of bonding with my daughters and the privilege, man, mm-hmm. that I had you know, to be there for my daughters. And when I speak of that privilege, one of the things that I thought was one of the most uh, poignant points in the film, and I recommend anybody just check it out, it's called Hair Love by Matthew Cherry, you can see it on YouTube, is there was a point where the mother and the father and the daughter, you know, they, they, they embraced, embraced in a hug. Right. And man, that just, it moved me, man. And the little girl's face when she looked up to like, you know, that was a, you know, that was a, that was a, that was a moment. That really was a moment. For real, man. You know? And it's a portrayal, again, of the nuclear black family that I think 
we talk about, but it's still not portrayed as much, right? In, you know, in that way, and um, it's clear that the the mother's going through some 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 health issues as correct. well. Correct. Correct. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give away the entire video. I, I, people should go check that out themselves. But for real. you know, it's it spoke volumes for the brother in there as a father, right. as a husband, right. and as a man. Exactly. You know, it said a lot about him character wise. You know, right. and right. that you know, again, we don't we 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 get typecasted a lot in a lot of negative stereotypes. Right. And this is one of those that should be perpetuated a little bit more. You know, agreed, agreed, you know, so. and, and I think it was it made it also reminded me, man, of uh, I think it was a Coca Cola commercial, uh, starring uh, James Todd Smith and his daughter, mm-hmm. aka LL Cool J, right. Uncle L and his daughter, and and I don't know if you remember that one where you you can YouTube it or whatever, but it's from back in the day. It was a Coke commercial where L is on the step with his daughter, and, and he's got to do her hair. He don't know what to do, ponytail all crazy. crazy. This is when L was wearing the. You know, uh, the pant leg rolled up. So, you know, he's just still bop with her like, yo, man, this is what it is. You know, you got to have that self-confidence. And speaking of self-confidence, right, let's talk a little bit about self-confidence in hair, particularly with black women, Hmm. black girls, black men. You know, the hair hair conversation, and you've seen Chris Rock's good hair, so... Um, it's one of the reasons I like to go into is why I like India Ari. Um, Word, I am not my hair. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, there was a time when, just to go back to Jennifer, my daughter, right. was going through some things in school. Right. Like, she's like, these girls were bothering her. Yeah. And she's like, Dad, I don't know why they don't like me. Right. You know, I, I, no matter what I do, whatever I do, they just don't like me. Right, right. right. And, um... She's like, they always making fun of my hair. They making fun of this and that and that. And I was going, what I'm wearing, all this other stuff. You right, know, right. I'm not, you know, because you know, I, I would pay for nice stuff, but we ain't wearing machino in <laughs> in the eighth grade. We, we ain't right. doing that. You know, you got no job. But anyway, that's and right. plus, she was in the private school. I'm in private school. She was in the school. They had to wear a uniform. Right. Yeah. right. So anyway, um, <laughs> how you getting on there? Everybody's wearing the same stuff. But right, anyway, right. Um. That video of I Am Not My Hair, right. I let her watch that. Right. And I was saying to her, you know, especially line when she said, my mama said it's, it's not what a woman wears, what she knows. Right, right. You know, that sounds like video. I think yeah, video. The, so she, she's got a couple. Andy Ruiz got a couple of joints like that. But, so, okay. um, um, yeah, I, I think I'm mixing them up. But uh, definitely, it was, definitely was I Am Not My Hair, though, that we were watching. Okay. And I was explaining to her that, you know, you know who you are is not what you see on the exterior. Right. You know, who you are is the person inside of your actions, who you are, what you do, what you believe in. It's Correct. more so than what you look like. Right. I said, people are going to like you, dislike you, based on what you look like. Right? They are. Right. So people are going to make judgments based on what you look like. Right. But you have to allow them to see who you are for them to truly understand you. Right. Right, and right. that's when you be—that's when you become friends. Right, you know right. what I'm saying. To be honest with you, because you and I—we met. I remember walking in the gym, and you was, who's <laughs> this dude, five foot, whatever, jumping. Anyway, and it could have been a prejudgment, like who's, you know, wow. who's this. But it wasn't until we sat down and we started building. Right. 
that we became friends. You know right, what I'm saying? That right, we, right. we got to understand each other, our perspective, where we come from, how we come from. And I said to her, <laughs> are there people who like you? Not what you look like, correct, but the correct. real you. And she's like, yeah. I said, well, those are the people you need to worry about. Right, right, right. Forget all this other stuff. You can't wow. please because they're judging you. You know they don't know you, but they're judging you based off of something that they see. Right. You can't hold you can't hold on to that. Right. You can't give that don't let that have any kind of credence on you. And right. what I'm bring to go back to the here is oftentimes people that the here is an external perception, whatever that perception is. Correct. And oftentimes people are judged on that perception. Right. And women especially, um, they're they're deemed to be women or not womanly, womanly enough or black woman enough based because um, if you're dark skin and you have, you know, back in the day, if you're right. dark skin and your hair was a certain way, get a perm. Right. If you were light skin and your hair was already that way, oh, you think you white. Right. Or you know, if you're dark skin, skin and your hair yeah. happens to be like that, a straight wavy exactly. or whatever, then you're really exotic and yeah. just, and, now man, it's and that a whole, makes you hot, right? You know, yeah. so it, it, it became more of, it, it, and and it's I mean it's a society I think you know right, it's for real what you look like versus you know it's more of a of you know perception versus content right you know who right. am I as a person what do I bring to the table my right. actions my character right those things aren't judged right you know what I'm saying right. people are more especially in today's age as well with the advent of uh, social media correct you know everyone documenting their entire lives but it's, it's right. all fantasy because it's right. a perception that they're right. doing. Not the content. You know, I, I'm glad, though. It seems to me like there's this resurgence of, you know, this pride. I mean, if right. we go back, you know, to even like the Afros and, and the like in the 70s, right. um, you know, there, there was that. It was this pride, man. Right. And the people had con trying to say, hey, look, this is me. I love me and I'm accepting me. Right. And it, it seems that there's a little more of that happening to me now. And again, I don't have any data to back it. Right, right. But just the fact that, you know, there's so many uh I'm gonna say women right now who just wearing their hair short and natural. natural right? You know what I'm saying? There's definitely there's definitely a natural hair movement. Right. In right. the black community, right? And that's now. that's serious that's serious business to me. Yeah. Oh, no pun intended, because it also is serious business. Right. You know, um But is it serious business for us though? Well, I Oh, the hair I, products I, I mean, will say this. You know, you're right. There are probably many who are capitalizing on it who mm -hmm. may not even have a vested personal interest. I mean, I don't know. I'm just curious as to where the where the sense where did the dollars follow the dollars and cents will give you a lot of insight into what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Word. I feel you. So you know what? I think that's a point to research. But but I will mention this. I do know that there was a, a woman of color who I know. I think it was in the Plainfield area mm -hmm. who started this. You know, these natural hair care products. You know, and she started to push these things. Make and I clear. think there's a woman. There's I know another woman, Claire's mom or somebody's mom. Some some um, she's not in the boutiques and stuff. Um, you know, so she's not in the boutiques and stuff with the with uh, with the hair products. So I, I maybe that is the the trend that women are going towards a more of uh, creating more of these natural lines. You know, for to provide what's not out there. You know, right, right. And and again, we we'd have to. You know, I'll do. You know, we need to do some research on it. But you know, Chris Rock had done some research right. on it in his movie Good Hair, and you know, <laughs> it's funny, man, when you even think about that. Like, what is good hair? I can be honest with you, man. I'm going to be very honest with you. I remember thinking that good hair was that hair that was, you know, straight. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? 
And, you know, really the closer it was to, say, a, a white person with straight hair, mm -hmm. which was what was good hair. And quite honestly, if I say it, most people know exactly what I'm talking about when I say good hair. It was when I had that Malcolm X and Mecca moment right. where I started to understand that, look, man, hair, good hair is hair on your head. Because after all, bro, if I take this hat off, um, like my cousin once told me, there's a few waves missing at the top. <laughs> Because your, your there's no hair. Your waves don't come too high on the beach, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So good hair is just having hair. <laughs> Low tide. <laughs> you know? So um, <laughs> I, I, I despise that term. That good hair. Right. That hair. I right, hate right. to hear it, you know. Um, But uh, it's funny because with good good hair though comes a whole comes a whole different we we enter the we enter, we start talking about good hair we now we have to enter into colorism word in our community word word you you're right as it you're extends right. outside our community as right. well you know right um it's interesting when you talk about that because it makes me think about you know that that Bill Duke oh. joint that that uh it was a Vlad TV interview with Bill Duke. Right. Right. Bill Duke, the you know, uh filmmaker, uh director, actor. actor. He's the one he's the one in the Menace Society. When he's being questioned, he goes, You know you have to right. You know you fucked up. It's like that's a classic scene. Most memorable line. In, in, right. Most memorable line. And, and I remember him from being in Car Wash. Right. He was this dude named Abdullah. Right. And this, again, a brother with his children. He was struggling, man. He was frustrated. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, that was a really, that, that to me was heartfelt. Right. I remember seeing, you know, his role in that film as well. So in any case, um, you shared that one with me. Why did you share that one with me, man? Because I thought, because he said something in it that, you know, whenever I'm listening to something that hits me hard and makes me go, ooh. Right. I always wonder. I wonder what George would say if he heard this. Right. So right. I was like, I wanted you to listen to it yeah. and give me and tell me what you what that how that made you feel, not right. what you thought of it, but how did it make you feel? Because I know, just from our days of sitting down and just listening to hip hop, Word. that's basically how we 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 were sitting. There. Did this make us feel some kind of way? Right. Because if it did, it was like right. skip. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Right. So um, I wanted you to I wanted you to to listen to what he had to say. And give me some feedback on, on what you felt when he said some of the things, some of the comments that he made. Right. For instance, um, the whole why he didn't have kids. Yeah, yeah. Can you expound upon that? So, it's, man, that, to me, painful. In his book, but, and I, pardon me for not um, I'm not getting the copy or getting the title of the book, but in the book and I mean, in the I think black, it's called Bill Duke, some autobiography, 40 right. years uh, in front of and behind yeah, the camera. I, I remember something it was 40 like something like yeah. Yeah. Um, and he even he reiterated on on Vlad TV where he says, Vlad said you didn't have any kids, and he said you know most of it was selfish because of uh, he said some poignant things there too, and he said um, uh, because of my industry, I mean it wasn't about having kids. I grew up knowing you had to father kids. Right. And can I take care of a child? Right. With the, in the way the industry was, it was up and down. When it's high, right, it's right, high. Right. But when it's low, it's mighty low. Right. And, you know, could I support a, a child and still pursue my my what I want um, professionally? Correct. And he said the other thing too, because I was I'm dark skinned I never wanted to have a child, or I right. feared for my child right. being subjugated to some of the discriminations I felt. Right. 
being dark skinned. Right. And you know, the deep part about that is that's not just from white people. Right. Right. And as we talk about right. this whole colorism right. thing, I think he kind of termed it as the racism, racism in the black community. Right. And, you know, what really resonated with me, I guess in a painful way, though was when he talked about trying to wash the black off of his skin. Right. I remember trying to wash the black off of my skin. Mm. And it's like, you know, I, I remember, I think, even getting hurt or scraped, and you saw, like, what we call the white meat. Right. You know, and so that kind of made me think, oh, so maybe it's possible. Mm -hmm. And it's so scary, man, that, uh, you know, he, think about it. He was born in 1943, Bill Duke. Right. So that means he grew up in around, like, the 50s and 60s. Yeah, he, but here I am. I grew up in the 70s, 80s. Right. And... Yeah, man, that was the way I, I thought until I learned to love me, man. To take this even a step further, in the video they mentioned the the rapper Glock Nine. Oh yeah, man, yeah. And he's a young boy. He's a young kid. He's Speak like eight, upon it. He's like eighteen and nineteen. Right, right. Um, I think the video might be two, three years old now. Right. So he might be in his twenties now, or just early twenties, just right. turning. Right. But he was like, I don't want to. I don't want to have. Um, he will never be with a black woman or have any, because I don't want any black ass babies. Right, right. He said, I'm already right. dark as fuck. I don't right. want any. And I'm going, right. and even Vlad was like, yo, black is beautiful. And he was like, nah, man, nah, man. Right, nah, man. right, right. And I'm going, think about that. Yeah. That you are so ashamed of your skin complexion that you won't even have a child, that you won't. And Vlad says that too, like, yo, most people want to have a child that looks like them. You know, right, like, right. yo, I, I want my son to come out and be like, yo, that's my son. And then, right, right. To 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 be in a position where you're like, nah, not even that. Right. Or right. you have what did what did you face that scarred you to the point that you were fearful? And he said, selfish. He's like, I just don't want that right. for any child. Right. Right, you know, Bill that him being Bill Duke said right. he didn't want that for any child. You know, is you know that it, it's amazing that that really speaks to you know a lot of times you know and I, and I can recall myself even saying get over it with certain things and don't mm -hmm. get me wrong I believe we got to move we got to persevere uh, you know demonstrate resilience and move forward but I, I really do regret some of the times now where I've told some people to get over some things because mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you man when I think about slavery. I mean, I think that's part of the lasting impact. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm going to digress a little bit because it's another example of this love that maybe some might not understand. Tony Morrison wrote this book called Beloved. Right. <laughs> we always call each other Beloved. Beloved. What's up, Beloved? But nonetheless, in this book, um, it was basically about a, a, a woman who, I mean, let me just tell you what inspired it. You're going to look up Beloved, and I'm not even going to get into that story. But what inspired it was a, a true story of a woman who had escaped slavery and she had children and the slave catchers caught up with her. And so she murdered her children. Right. And again, I'm not saying murder your child because you don't want your child to go through what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. But that was her reasoning is that she did not want her children to ever have to experience what she experienced. And again, as painful as that is and as uncomfortable as that is even to talk Look about right way. now, I mean, it's on a much less, you know, lower scale here when we just talk about not have, choosing not to have children right. uh, or the choice that many make right. is to make sure that you balance that skin out. Right. Uh, didn't you tell me a story of, and going back to colorism again, you told me a story of, um, which I think 
many of us are familiar with, where you you were trying to holler at the girl back in NJIT, <laughs> you trying to holler at the sister. Yeah, the um, I say no names now, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, there was a light skinned sister in, in the in that worked in the bookstore. There's a light skinned and a dark skinned sister in the bookstore, right? Right. And now I like, I personally have a preference for darkest get women. I really okay. do. The coming black from, of the berry, the sweet of the juice, juice. black well, woman, know, Jungle Brothers. Go ahead. You know, coming from <laughs> coming from where I come from, this is why you're looking for your check. Ah, yeah. I'm so, <laughs> so, um, I, I like, but and there was a dark sister down there. And I was like, I would go down there every day. He was right by the game room, so I go down. Right. Have an excuse to go into the bookstore. Yeah. And try try holler. Hey, how you doing? She right. was, it was like, hey, whatever. But as far as kicking me in the rhythm, right, was not trying to hear it. Like, right. would just like. Just flat out shoot me down. Right. Right? Um, so I went in there one day, you know, just to, just to, you know, your brothers, you know, you know what it is. Persistence is the key sometimes. That's, that's how you, the brothers got to figure that out. <laughs> right. Brothers got to figure that out. So, um, and she wasn't there, but the other girl was there. Right. And she And, and like, the other girl was lighter skinned. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And she was like, yo, she said, how come you never talk to me? I was like. I was like, you know, I think you got a dude or whatever. I, I, I think she did have a dude. She's like, she's like, you wasted your time. I was like, I'm wasting my time. She's like, don't you know? And I'm looking at her like, what? What, she got a dude? She right. never say nothing. Right. She was like, nah. You know, she's like, dark-skinned girls go with light-skinned guys, and light-skinned girls go with dark-skinned guys. What yeah, are you man. talking about? She's like, yeah, you know, the dark-skinned girl is a what are you talking about? Right, <laughs> like, right, right. And she was like, no, that's how it is. What? So then, in my mind, I went from being shocked to going, so what you saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You had so, to seize the opportunity. Right? I ain't so, mad at you. You know, so, so, but in reflection, like, afterwards, it's like, that's crazy. I mean, honestly, that was the first time I heard it articulated. Right, right. I'd seen it in practice and never really peeped it. Exactly. But that's the first time I heard it said, you know? Right, So, being who we are, you know, having a conversation, you know, we're sitting around a table with Stretch. Right. And and Mason and them, and we sitting there, and I just, like, made a little comment. Right. And it was kind of reiterated. Right. And then it went from, it went from, um, who was that? It was at a table. It went from just not just dark skin and light skin. It went from ugly and... Ugly and good looking. Wow. Who you marry is who, wow. you know. Which, which I think is very subjective. That's just me. Right. So go ahead. Exactly. But they was like, yo, you don't marry a pretty woman because she going to do this. And you marry this because this is this. Wow. And I'm going, <laughs> what are you talking about? My man from um, Philly, the rapper, said, uh, marry an ugly woman for the rest of your life, something like that. Or the, the, the comedian, Robin Harris. Right. right. Maybe he said, right. Yeah. He's get an ugly, ugly woman. woman. <laughs> Where you going? I'm going to the moon. I Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you get know what I'm saying? I'll be back later. <laughs> okay. You be, you you be, be careful. careful. <laughs> right. So we were like, but that 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 blew me away. Like, right. again, I had I probably had seen it in practice. Right. Just never seen, heard it articulate, and didn't think of it. You know so, that that's what was going on. You know. Right. So. Right. And, and you know what's really ironic as well, though, when you mention the story, is it just so happens that Stretch is darker skin and Mace is lighter skin. Right. Go ahead. It's weird, right? <laughs> so, but, I mean, but they weren't the only person at the table. Just, we would just, you right, know how we'd right, be in the right. cafe, you walk in the cafe sure, and be sure. like, so, and that kind of just blew me away. I was like, wow. That's, I, I had never heard it that way. And then, <clears throat> so then that, that shows me just how deeply entrenched 
and how subconscious sometimes a lot of this stuff is that we don't we're not even aware of. Um, right. right. To go back to hair thing, like right. I grew up, and maybe this is why this is all shocking to me because I grew up. My mother and my all my aunts. And, and just for the record, we always want to make sure. Where, where'd you grow up, bro? Oh, the Virgin Islands in uh, St. Thomas. Thomas, right? So they all cut their hair in the summertime. Right. As soon as it get hot, their hair is gone. Right. And I'm talking brush length. Like, right, right, they, right. I'm not talking like they're just trimming the edges a little bit. They, they right. cut their hair off. So right. I'm used to seeing women that way. Right. And it's never been a situation where... And and you know all of my all of my aunts they're about they're lighter than me but right. they're, they're they're not light skinned by any stretch you right know? right um at least milk chocolate right I so I never I, I, I never really went into this whole light skin and you know but I've heard people say that in within their own family that some of their family members treated them differently right depending on their skin like right. I have a friend she's like her sister is lighter than her right and she's like I know for a fact that they treated her better or differently than they treated me right you know? right so it, it it how prevalent is this this concept in our society in our yeah, in right. our community you know and the bill deuce thing just took it to a level i had never heard like he was he was not gonna have a child because he did not want to sire a dark-skinned child to them for them to have to endure Whatever it is he endured, and that, that must that speaks to just what level of cruelty did he went through? Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. At the hands of his own, and, and I think also in, in Glock Nine's defense. Right. I mean, I I, I hear that because that was another Vlad TV video that Glock Nine. You know, I guess people mm-hmm. heard it and responded to it, and were jumping on his case about it. Right. And he was like, "Yo, man, y'all don't know what I went through." Right. And then, and, and in the word afterwards, "f y'all." Right. And the reason why is because again, it's like it's deep, man. Sometimes when people don't know or understand what people are feeling or what people have experienced and 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 just how you know how close to the heart that some of this stuff hits man it's crazy it's like the impact that we have uh on people this is this is, i mean um people think they this my purpose by stating i'm darkly packed i know this so i point that q-tip and he states black is black so even so every dark-skinned person has gone through some of it. I mean, Paz right. is talking about it. Like, right, right. I've gone through whatever. For real. You know what I'm saying? For um, real. To our boy, um, black and ashy as ever. Right. However, I stayed stay Gucci, Gucci down, down to the socks. socks. You know what I'm saying? For He's real. like, so the the the, the dark skin connotation comes with a negative impact. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's like, yo, I'm, I realize I'm black, and that makes somehow me less than, but I overcome all that by being... And even Glock Nine says that, yo, right. I'm, I'm, I'm black as well. Right. I know I'm ugly. Right. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Rhapsody has a song, "Black and Ugly." Though. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, they call me black, black and, and ugly. ugly. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. She and she goes in on that. L- Layla's That's, wisdom is right. the album, right? Yeah. And she goes in on that joint about that whole this exact same, same, the the topic. And now I'm thinking about it, but you know how prevalent and how much of an impact. Does that have on our own self-image? Right. And how much of that, and how much is that is generated by external stimulus, and how much is internal? Right. You know? Right. Meaning, and how much of that is from within our community and from without? Right. You know? Right. And we always like to think about one of the things what we're doing here is, like, to provoke, promote conversation, right? Right, to right. Provoke thought. Um, to leave something for the next generation to have something to talk about, move on. For. How do we influence that 
counteract that with those who are coming behind us, though. Right, right. You know, it's, I'm glad you brought that up. I was trying to find, man, there's a book that you both of you and I read by Trevor Noah called Born a Crime. It's, it's actually it, it's now gone to soft cover. He's also got a version of it for, uh, like, younger readers as mm -hmm. well. And it just talks about his life in South, Amer South Africa. And what's really interesting, man, is this dude is in a totally different country. And right. you know, when you listen to any of his work, the one the book was brilliantly written. Right. You know, comic, comic. I mean, it, it was it was a comic, uh, and perfect delivery right. of social commentary, man. Right. And so, which is what he does nightly on that. Exactly. Show. He does exactly. Exactly. The Daily Show. Right. Yeah. And so, there, I was looking for it because I actually use it in like in, in, in workshops with people where he was sharing. In, uh, I'll paraphrase the story. He was with his grandmother. And um, he he was playing doctor, and he burst his his, uh, his uh, cousin's eardrums. His cousin's bleeding. She's all nervous. Everybody's frantic, worrying about what's going to happen with the daughter. Now it's Trevor who did this, mm -hmm. right? Now it's Trevor and his other two uh, cousins who are black, and Trevor happens to be biracial, mm -hmm. and so they beat the tail out of. They beat both the the dark, you know, the, the black. Cousins, yes, right. yeah, and not that Trevor isn't black right, either. Right. But, but using his you know terminology, what I'm saying? right? And so, uh, right, he's colored, right. right? According to their right. terminology, at least at the time uh, during apartheid in South Africa, probably even now. But in any case, the grandmama said, "I can't beat him. He's a white child. I can't beat him. He's so like." And so it's like this stuff runs deep, man. When it comes to to, to colorism and, and and our there's this this hatred, there's this bias against uh, color, which again we've been talking well, it's about. Funny, it's in a completely different continent right exactly man exactly the same you know what i i should i should be there is colorism in the caribbean as well though speak on it black man because um and it, and the way it manifests itself is, uh -huh. is is similar to what i was talking about with the girl i just i'm sitting there going because i'm now the girls in school that got all everybody was going crazy for right was the girls who had that they were like light skin, like you said? Right. What if she was dark skin and had European European features or some? I mean, me at the eyes and nose, right. the hair right. or whatever. Everybody was after those kind of girls. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Um. Even the beauty pageants. Oh yeah. Is is whatever. Until you know, probably the last twenty years, I'm. Almost sure the, the winners of those will be women that were lighter skinned or ah, okay. mixed with something. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? So somebody that got Indian in their family. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's so it's not unique to the United States. So then it's not it's it's not just something that's here. Right. So it speaks to a global system and a global perspective. For sure, man. So then who who orchestrates the global ide ideology? You know, wow, man. You you, you <laughs> I'm blew just saying, me. You just, <laughs> I'm just going that's me away with that question. Cuz it, it I, I don't have the answer to that. Doesn't be a, just just to play the conspiracy theorist role here. <laughs> Is this a, an no, international I, conspiracy? I'm saying I don't have the answer. That's not true. I do have an answer. Um, yeah, man. It, think about it. it. It's my opinion is it's you know if you're in a role of dominance, you want to maintain that dominance. And what happens now is we look at just propaganda, right? 
We want to make sure that we promote this ideal of what beauty is and what intelligence is and the like. I mean, and let's think about it, man. You and I have talked about um, uh, Stamped from the Beginning mm. by Ibram K Kendi. Right. And this this dude in this book, I mean, it's like yay thick, man. It looks like a dictionary, man. Right. But, but it's dope where he talks about racism from the the inception of America up until, you know, I guess when he published the book in 2016, right. right? And so in doing so, you just even look at like in film, you look at in the academy at the time, right. how people would say that uh, people of color, you know, uh, bl black people, the African or whatever, uh, is is less intelligent and, and, you know, all the rest of that foolishness, all that garbage, mm -hmm. we know we can refute because even when we talk about race, Race is not a biological thing. Right. It's a social construct. And I know I feel like I'm repeating something that I've heard somebody say, but we realize when we right. look at the systems, that's how it plays out. Right. Now let's shift to systems. Let's look at who's making all this money off the bleaching creams and the like. Right. Because I understand that that's a worldwide phenomenon. The number one global selling... Um, uh, uh, Would it be cosmetic? I don't cosmetic, know. Cosmetic, yeah, okay. is, is the bleaching cream. That's crazy, Global. man. It's crazy. Every every nook and cranny you can go to, you'll find that. Japan, Asia, Indonesia, wherever. Right. But then you, you also find people who are tanning. And I got to tell you, going back to growing up, what confused me a lot is I wrestled with being, you know, being black, because uh, I'm assuming that white is white and white is beautiful and, and all this and that. And black is beautiful when it approaches white and all of that, which right. again is ridiculous, but I understand now where it came from, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and again, sh shout out to, may you rest in peace, Malcolm X, because I gotta tell you, reading that book really helped me to think more critically and to uh, appreciate that God made me me. You know what I'm saying? Right. It made me me for a purpose, for a reason, and that's all good. And you're not less than for that. Word up. My grandmother always said, nobody is better than you. Right. Now, you may not be better than anybody else, but also remember that nobody is better than you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, your question, and I, I did not forget it. You, you asked the question of, well, how do we perpetuate, you know, this self-love, this appreciation for people who are different, this value of, of differences? And I can tell you, when I reflected on my whole situation of um, not really appreciating and loving who I was, you know what I mean, as, as a, a man of, of African descent, um, and me, I got a little touch of uh, the, the basic. The, yeah, Straight right? From, from, Barbe from Barbados, Barbados, right? Um, but even now, I didn't even understand that until I got to college. Mm. Like, really? And so in any case, I wanted to make sure that my children you know, in the other episode, we talked about, hey, look, I don't ever want my children to go through this. I wanted my children to understand and have this pride in knowing who they are. And yeah. not this hubris, like you're better than anybody, but knowing that you are beautiful, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And in doing so, you know, I hope that my daughter, my oldest daughter, who is uh, darker skinned, uh, and, and then my... Uh, younger daughter who is lighter skinned uh, and then my son is lighter skinned and I am darker skinned um, I wanted to make sure they could all know and understand that they're beautiful and I gotta tell you I'm glad I mean I, I'm pretty sure she still probably went through her struggles because I used to hear things like she's beautiful for a dark girl mm. like people make comments like that thinking 
mm-hmm. right? That that's a that's a compliment, a backhanded compliment. Right. Uh, I, and I don't know the effect. I don't know if my daughter ever heard those types of comments. Mm-hmm. But in any case, I wanted to teach her to love her, you know. And it seems that she's doing pretty good with it because yeah. I mean, she actually wanted to go natural before it became a thing, right? Because she was sick of having to perm her hair, so forth and so on. And now we started talking about hair. My younger daughter is now growing her perm out. And I'm not saying that that's something you have to do, right. but I'm just saying she's got to that point where she's sick right. of having to try to uh, approach this particular way to look or so forth and so on. And so I think it's a matter of really instilling in them and helping them to understand that, look, man, God made them who they are, beautiful as they are. And, um, you know, it's one more point that really blew me away and I'm hoping that this is a matter of my daughter being grateful for who she is. She's had the, 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 the opportunity to travel around the world. Right. And in doing so, I mean, she's the one that shared with me how, like, in these other parts of the world, there are black people all over the place. Did you know that they're hiding the black people in Cuba? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I didn't realize that. Oh, I mean, I know that firsthand because my grandmother's, my, my mother's mother's from Cuba. Oh, word, she's word. Cuban. Wow. She's, you know, I, I, so I know there's black people there. Right, right. But every time you watch, like, say, I Love Lucy or whatever, right, you right, know, right. every time they show anything, Cuba is always the, 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 the more European looking Correct. Cu- Cubans. Correct. But the bulk of Afro Cubana, Cubanos, Cuba, Afro Cubans are right. all over. They proliferate. They, I mean, they, they, they take up the majority of the island. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you right. you would know that unless you go there, though. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So like, that there again goes to that worldwide phenomenon right. of like, yo, man, let's hide them. Whitewashing everything. Yeah, man. So, yo, um, there's this song, you know. All right. So we, we brought up a couple books during this because we always want to talk about books, right? Mm-hmm. So we talked about uh, uh Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, right. right? We talked about the autobiography of Malcolm X. We seem like we talk about it a lot, <laughs> but why not? It's a powerful book. Man. <laughs> word up, word up. Um, and then we talked about Bill Duke's book, right? Uh, and, and, and I don't. Sorry, I don't have the exact title. And I this is someone I want to read. That yeah, that podcast made me want to read it. Now. Right. And it's like forty years. Uh, what is it in front of and behind the, mm-hmm. the the camera or what have you? I thought it was going to be like all industry stories. It wasn't until he started explaining. I was like, oh, this is going to be. Right. This book is going to be a little bit more in depth. For real, man. It, it's because that book speaks to something I've always wanted to do, which is, and I had a chance when I when we were in college, um, in the summertime, I was to work at Wakeford or whatever. Right. Everybody in there was old men from down south. Right, right, right. And to sit with them and listen to them tell the stories because wow, they existed man. well before. Some of them, I mean, they could tell you the whole Jim Crow and sit in the back of the bus. Right, right. You hear right. the stories. There's one guy, Mac. I wish I was like Mac. You need to write some of this down. For real, you know, because Mac talks about he knew he had to get out there when he was 13 years old. Right. And Mac is, I mean, he was an old man then, but Mac at the time was like six six. Right, right, right. And he's like his father, his uncle, and his father. They, he said they were taller than me. So they, he said, I don't know how old, he, but he must have been like six seven, whatever. Right, right. And um, he said strapping men, just you know, farmers and right, whatever. Right, right. And he said, remember we were walking down the street and uh, it was. Uh, they were walking in, it was raining, whatever. Right. And this one little white kid was walking out and they had to they had to get off in the street, get out the street to let the the one little white boy who's like he's he's probably about nine, ten years right. old maybe. Right. right. Um and then literally a little boy and they had to call him sir and whatever and he was bore ordering him right. around. He said, I had to I watched this this little right. boy right. turn my grown father and his uncle right. 
into little kids in front of right. my eye. You know what I'm right. saying? And he was like, it, and they had to stay there taken. He said, you know, before that, they were laughing and walking. Right. And then after that, what do you have to say right. on that walk home? He's like, it's the quietest, you know, because they had to they had to wrestle with that inside right. themselves. Right, right. First of all, and then they had this, they realized that their son and their nephew had to witness them be, be belittled like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, so, exactly. He was yeah, like, right. I know I got to get out of here. And he was yeah. like, once he left, once he left Georgia, he's like, his kids never went back until his mother died, which right. was, he said, well, he said, I never took them. He said, they was going to never see that kind of nonsense. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. And it's like those see? those kind of stories, like, wow, you know, so we talk about Mr. Burroughs, Kenny's dad. Like, I'd right. love to talk to him about what was it like around, because he was right. around right. when right. this down that way. Yeah. What was yeah. that have been like? Right. To, he's, to, in his, he's there in his 80s, yeah. You know, to you have know. lived through all that. You know what I'm saying? Right. What would that could have been like? You know, right. so. right. You know, and see that I think still ties back again to what we talked about with what, uh, um, with the Glock Nine or with Bill Duke right. that or that woman that right. inspired the uh, Tony Morrison. May she rest in peace too. I miss her. Right. Um, inspired her to write, uh, you know, Beloved. Right. Is that they didn't want their children to go through this. Right. So, um, you know, we we talked about a little bit of hip hop as we go through because that's just infused in it. But there's a song that always a song that speaks to colorism uh, on the Jungle Brothers straight out the Jungle album uh, in 1988, where our man uh, Q-Tip Kamal Farid, where he said, uh, "Judged by both our race and color, don't you know we need each other? I need you and you need me. And if not now, you soon will see my light complexion has no meaning." you wake up you're still dreaming wake up wake up wake up wake up there's no time for us to break i try try tell my brothers all we are created equal i messed up the song okay but that's all right and that's okay <laughs> but yeah, in any case as, as a man chris on the box <laughs> word up word up yeah, shout out to pm dawn too um all right so uh but black and black is black right. by the Jungle Brothers. Q-Tip was on there, or whatever. I mean, it, it right. talked about colorism, right. you know. And um, I forgot about that song. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, uh, well, brother, it's always oh. a pleasure building with you, man. As always, man. Word up, it's man. Do. And so, uh, this has been yet another episode of stereotypes of black males misunderstood, and it's, and still, it's still all good. good.